0: here and karen thank you for sharing what god's done in your life this week we were praying for you a lot uh i want to tell you i just prayed for karen a lot because she told me that she wanted she wanted to stay awake during her procedure and i'm just like we just need to get you to a counselor all right all right that's just there's there's something wrong there okay i want to no, say i want to be out all right um anyway guys thank you for being here today thank you for that time of worship and um normally hunter i don't like it would cut the last song but i noticed the last song was man of sorrows and i thought that was probably a you know if i got up after man of sorrows that might be too realistic so uh, appreciate that uh guys welcome if you're online with us paintbrush welcome to you guys too we're so glad you guys could join us today so thank you for being a part of this all right when i talk to you today when i use the phrase it's all connected what comes to your mind? Okay? Do you think about just being the mindless cogs in the internet that we're all becoming? Okay? I've got a picture. This is sort of like how old people like me see this current generation. All right? Just sort of like they're all connected, but disconnected. So when I say it's all connected, just mindless cogs in the cyberspace machine. Or does your mind go to conspiracy theories? Like you're on the X-Files. All right? Are you one of those looking for things coming out all over the place? All right? when I say it's all connected. By the way, I did learn this week, I did some extensive research on Facebook and, uh, and discovered the actual people who were behind the COVID crisis. Okay, all right? I, I found, it after spending a good bit of time watching a comedian on Facebook, I learned that he uh, said, you just follow the money. Who made the most money? Puzzle companies. That's who had to be, all right? <laughs> and if you think about it, No, this is what sold me. He says, all the pieces fit together, if you think about it. Okay, so just, so do you see conspiracy theories everywhere you go? Well, what if I were to tell you, what if it really is all connected? Now, that may creep some of you out to think about that, but let me change it a little bit. What I want to talk about today is that it's not it's all connected. What I want to talk to you about today is that we are all connected. All right, today we are I want to talk about what it means to be connected because here in this room, we are connected first as humans, we're connected as Christ followers, but more than that, we're co- we're, we are connected because we are called to be a part of the local expression of the church known as Fresno Church, and we're going to talk to you about what it means to be a member of that local church, Fresno Church, okay? But before we do, I need to clear something up, all right? The word church can be a very confusing term for a lot of people because the Bible is sometimes not clear when it's using the word church. So I wanna tell you, there's basically two different basic ways the Bible uses the word church. First there's church with the capital C. Now it's not usually, in Greek they didn't use capitals a lot, so you didn't use capitals all the time, but church with a capital C, that usually refers to the, what's called the universal church. In other words, everybody who's a believer in Jesus, everybody who's given their life to him, recognize that he died on the cross for us, and have given him control of their life as savior and lord they're part of that great church with a capital c now it gets confusing sometimes because sometimes this church with a capital c there's a weird word we use for it in fact if you have ever been a church that sometimes hunter read a creed here it's one we just use in our church a lot but there's some ancient creeds called the nicene creed and the apostles creed if you ever been to anybody ever been in a church that recited one of those before You've seen that? They talk about, there's a line that says, we believe in the holy Catholic Church. And you think, well, we're not Catholic. Well, here's where that comes from. That universal church, the, there's a word, katos holos. Those are the Greek words. There. I'm not trying to impress you with my Greek, all right? But holos" it just means according to the whole. It's, it's just a word for the universal church, and in English it becomes Catholic. So the, it's not the same thing as the Roman Catholic Church, which is the their version of the universal church that's based out of Rome, out of the Vatican. But the Catholic, when you're talking about the Catholic church in general, it's the big C. Everybody, we are a part of the whole church, everybody who believes in Jesus. So that's when you ever see that. It's not talking about Roman Catholic. It's just talking about the universal church. So that's one meaning of the word church. And sometimes you'll see in the Bible, they'll talk about that. Like in, in, um, in Ephesians 5.25, Paul talks about Jesus loves the church. And he's talking about all believers at that point. He's not talking about one individual church. He's talking about all believers. So sometimes when you see, when you see the church, it means all the believers. But there's also church with a small c. And that's individual expressions of church, church like here at Fresno Church. And so Paul talks about individual churches sometimes. In 1 Corinthians 16, 19, he writes, The churches of Asia greet you aquila and prisca greet you heartily in the lord with the church that is in their house and so he's talking about one local church so it gets confusing sometimes so let's talk about that and i actually um oh you're getting ahead of me here all right a little bit on the chart there so back up for a second i'm gonna i'm gonna show you here back those up a second i'm gonna do all right a venn diagram here now you've spent probably the first time you've been in a worship service had a venn diagram if you don't remember those you're supposed to learn those like in eighth or ninth grade all right but it's just a church. So back here, back up one more as we look at this Venn diagram. No, back up. Backwards means the arrow that way, okay? Go backwards. One more. We can do it. Well, oh, it's not working? All right. Well, technology, what are you going to do? All right, so this, this square here, if you can see it on either side there, the square, we're going to let that represent the universal church. That's everybody who believes in Jesus. Not everybody in the world believes in Jesus, but that just represents it's that. So that little oval, that's going to be our local church. So that's like in this case, Fresno Church. Now these are not scaled, okay, but just so you done so you can see them there. Now you'll notice that most people in Fresno Church are believers in Jesus. And that's what we expect. In fact, we're going to have a membership meeting afterwards for, for people who want to become members, and one thing we're going to talk about is you've got to be a person who's accepted Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord. Now we expect everybody to do that, but to be honest, in every church, there winds up people that think, think they're saved, but they're not. That happens a lot. I've even met ministers who told me they were in their first church and realized they'd never really made a profession of faith in Jesus, okay? So it does happen, but most people are part of that, okay? So, so you understand? Does that, make, does that make sense? Okay, but now inside a church, you've got two different kinds of people. You've got committed, obedient Christians who are making Jesus not just their Savior, but also their Lord, their boss, and so within the universal church, there's like that. There are people out there that are not a part of our church, that are believers in Jesus, but they're not living the life Jesus wants them to live. It's going to happen in our church, too. So you're going to see, there's a sense, making sense? We understand that? So there's three different groups of people here. Now here's I want to tell you this, because you'll hear some things that sometimes make it sound like the church is doing stupid stuff. Like how many of you heard that 50% of, 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 of marriages end in a divorce? Anybody heard that? 50% of marriages end in divorce. Few of you have heard that. It's not true, actually. That 50% of marriages end in divorce was actually a prediction that somebody made years ago when no-fault divorce became legal in, in California. But I, I did read some research, some really research from, the, um, from a book called Good News About Marriage that was done as part of the Marriage, National Marriage Project. And here's the actual rate, okay? is actually 33% of marriages end in divorce. So that's the third, of all marriages, 33% end in divorce. Now, you may have also heard sometimes that Christians divorce more quickly than non-Christians. That's true, but it isn't true. The divorce rate among people who, are, who say they're Christians but aren't living an obedient Christian life is actually about 40%. So show that, that should be the next one up there. Oh, we're going to show both of them there. So among people who say they're Christian but aren't living the Christian life, they do divorce more frequently. But people who are Christians who are living an obedient Christian life, the divorce rate is down to 22%. So actually for people who are actually following Jesus, the divorce rate's a little bit less. But, so I'm just kind of showing you that to kind of get you what we're talking about. Now, what are we talking about today? We're to talking about this next. See if you can get the next one here. This is the end of the diagram here. Oh, no, I've got one little thing here. Hit the next one. There we go. We also have people who are a part of our church that choose not to be members, and that's okay too. So, in other words, there are people in this room right now that you're a part of Fresno Church. You are some, We are. We are glad you are here, but you're going to decide not to be a member, and that's okay. That's okay. But we're going to talk about what it means to really be a part of the church and the member church. People at, at Paintbrush. None of you have been able to be here with us at some point, so most of you guys are a part of our church, but. Uh, but not members yet, so we can take care of that later if you want to when we have our meeting at Paintbrush. We'll see you guys there next week, okay? So what we're going to talk about today, though, is this local church here, that little odd shape right there. That's what we're talking about today. we talk about this local church. So does that, if that makes sense, I hope that can go. So let's, let's move a little bit further th- to this. One more thing I want to tell you with it is that uh, the word church, just so you know, is actually from a Greek word called ekklesia, right? Ekklesia. And it actually means called out. So the church are the people who have been called out of the world to follow Jesus. The people who are members of Fresno Church are the people who have been called out from among everyone in Fresno to, to be a part of this expression of the local body of Christ. So you are called out together. And if you can't remember that word ecclesia, if you know your Spanish, iglesia, Okay. That's where it's much more close to that. Okay. So, so just want you to know, that's just a little uh, value added right there. So let's get into our scripture for today. All right. So our scripture for today, we're going to talk about, um, it's, it's uh, excuse me, it's Romans chapter 12. We're going to look at just verses four, five, and the first part of six. Okay. So Romans 12 verses four to the first part of six. Paul's writing to the church in Rome and he says, for just as we have many members, in one body many parts it's talking about in one body and all the members do not have the same function so we who are many are one body in christ and individually members one of another since we have gifts that differ different functions according to the grace given to us each of us is to exercise them accordingly let's pray father thank you for calling us out calling us out to be not only followers of Jesus in our lives, but followers of Jesus together in this body of believers known as Fresno Church. And Father, even though what I'm saying today applies to every church, thank you today that it applies to Fresno Church. Thank you for calling us out and helping help us now see our place and to accept our place in your kingdom and help us see our purpose in building and serving your kingdom here in Fresno. In Jesus name. Amen. All right, there's three things I want you to look at in this passage today, okay? Three very simple things. First, Paul says, We are all part of one body. So, we now, there, there are many images for the church. There's the bride of Christ, the ones who are called out, there's God's household, God's uh, planting, a lot of different things like that. But I think the church as a body is one that's just packed with meanings. Now, our church is an organization, we know that. We have to be an organization. We have to have bylaws and leaders and cultures and practices. We have to have some sort of membership because the state of California requires. There's reasons for that. If you want to learn about that, you have to come to the membership meeting. We don't have time to talk about it today. But we're not just an organization. We're also an organism, a living, breathing organism. We're one body working together. That means as a church, we have the same uh, purpose, the same mission, the same values, the same beliefs, the same goals, the same focus, and the same hope for the future. Now, sure, we're going to have minor differences in some of these things, but basically in the big areas, we're going to work together with that same focus, that same drive, that same desire to see our expression of God's church work out here in Fresno. Now, if we truly have the same purpose and we operate as a body, that means that we have to work together. That's important. I think our church does a good job of working together, but you really have to understand, if we're a body, you've got to be able to work together. Now, we're going to try, I've got a video I want to show you here. Now, I want to tell you, you're going to see a big watermark on it because of two things. One is, I'm only going to use things I can use legally. I'm not going to steal anything off the Internet. And second, if I did it without paying for it, because they said I could use it free if I kept the watermark on it. So because I'm cheap, all right, but I'm also legal, it's got a big watermark on it. So let's see if we can watch the video, of just got to do it a bike trick. So let's see if it'll play. Okay, there we go. So now just watch this guy as he's moving. Think about all the body parts that he has to put together to do that trick right there, okay? All right, I thought about maybe having Hunter do that for us live instead, but, but, <laughs> but we just, it was just a little too risky, all right? So, um think about that as he's doing that all the parts had to work together to perform that trick his eyes his hands his feet his legs his inner ear his torso the arms well really all of them I want you to think for a moment what would happen if any of those parts decided it would be a lone ranger and do its own stuff okay just think right now if his hands just said I'm not grabbing that right now I want to go somewhere else okay we have Just a little wet spot on the ground there, a little skid mark is all that's left of him, okay? Or if his legs didn't want, his feet didn't want to get back on the pedals. Or if his inner ear decided it was going to go vertigo on him for some reason. Just all sorts of bad things could happen there. So when we're doing anything difficult, our body has to work together. But even when we're doing something simple, our body has to work together. Does anybody want to take a guess? Because I did do some research. TED Talk this time, okay? So I I don't spend hours and hours of research on this, but I did find okay if it's on the internet, it has to be true, right? But this was a TED Talk, so I actually trust this one, okay? Anybody want to guess how many muscles it takes just to walk? Anybody want to venture a guess? Twenty-five, 25 all right? Hundred, okay? So so close. <laughs> Over two hundred, okay? Over two hundred muscles that have to work together for us to be able to walk. That's just crazy. But if it's for us to do something simple just as walk, think about all the different moving parts we have to have to operate as a church to do the the thing that God wants us to do. And they've got to work together well. If they don't, things just start falling apart. For example, I I knew a kid who was, um, his body did not communicate with his brain very well. It just wasn't able to do so. And when he was playing Little League, I coached Little League for a while. Um, most of us, you don't realize that when you go to throw a ball, I'm left-handed. When you go to throw a ball, what you do is you step with the opposite foot you're throwing with. And so you step with the opposite foot, and as your arm, as your hand reaches over the top of your foot, that's when you let go of the ball. It's just a very simple thing, and most of us just do it naturally. But this kid, when he would get the ball, he would get ready to throw, but his brain could not communicate to his, to his feet which foot to step with. And so people just thought he was being goofy, but he's trying to throw the ball, and he can't figure out. So he's doing this for a little bit before he throws the ball to try to get his brain to figure it out. So that happens in churches sometimes when it's not all working together. But when we're working together, we can do those kinds of tasks that God has asked us to do, so we have to work together as a church. Now, se- second thing I hear in this is we are inseparable. We are inseparable. Not only have to work together, but we're inseparable. If you were to see a floating head coming at you, all right, You would either run for your life or pray that you're at Disneyland at the Haunted Mansion, okay? Well, if you don't, Karen, you might do something. I don't know. I'm worried about you, but but most of us would run from that, okay? Just, all right? Now, I want to say in the same way, a Christian separated from the body is just wrong. It's not natural. It's not natural for us to have a, a body part separated from us. We're not a machine. We're God's social creatures. A machine can have a body part, a a, a part of its machine, removed and replaced with something else, or have a sometimes just have a part removed. And I mean, we've all done it, guys. Okay, ladies, don't listen to this for a second, guys. We all know we've repaired something and there's been a part left over, and we can't. We know it came off of there somewhere, but it still works without it. So we just kind of like, okay, that'll just go in the junk drawer right there, and maybe we'll find a use for it later. We've all done it, right? Machines can do that. Bodies can't do that. Because we need each other. We cannot live in isolation and be the Christians God has called us to be. In fact, there's a Bible verse in Proverbs 18.1 that even speaks strongly about this. It says, He who separates himself seeks only his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. Now let me translate that in modern English. The person who tries to go on his own is just doing what he wants to do, and he's arguing against everything that's smart. In other words, what do you call somebody who argues against what is smart? Stupid. All right. I know I said the S word. I'm sorry. But yes, that's basically what it's saying. We need to be inseparable as a church. And we can't function as a Christian if we're just floating around from church to church to church. It's just weird. And then also I see in this, we help each other. Okay. We help each other together. And we have to be able to work together. So think about, for example, if you were to trip and fall, do you have to think Hands our arms reach out to, to cushion the fall. Hands spread out to stabilize ourselves. Head keep up. Now, if you had to think all those things, we'd be in trouble. But if you trip, you grab, you move, you 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 get ready to know what to do. One of our members recently tripped here at the church and and did a did a tuck and roll kind of thing. All right, just it was it was an amazing thing to watch. All right, but that's just is the body works together how well it works. So we help each other. When when one part of us trips. The rest of us reacts to help that's what part part what it means to be a part of the church and then I also see in this we have common experiences we develop a shared history we develop a shared history with the good things and with the bad things we learn how to we learn about each other as we go through good times and bad times together and part of that shared common history that we have here's a few things that we learn. for example when you're a part of this church, it means that you know that we are all broken people living in a fallen world. You know what? If you're a broken person, this is the place for you, because everybody here gets it. Nobody expects you to be perfect here. Jesus has "Make us perfect," and His eyes were perfect, but we know we all mess up. And so this, if you feel broken, This is the place you need. Why would you not want to be here where people get it? They're not expecting anything other than you except that we do our best to follow Jesus together. In fact, there's an interesting thing, this old saying here, that the church is the only organization for which the one requirement to be a member is to be totally unworthy of membership. Do you feel unworthy of God's love? Do you feel unworthy of forgiveness? Then that's where you need to be right here because we'll teach you. Yeah, you're unworthy of it, but Jesus has made you worthy because we know we're broken people living in a fallen world. We know what it's like, and we walk through it together. That's part of our common experience. And not just knowing we're broken people, but we all know forgiveness and freedom because of Jesus. We all know this verse, okay? Whether we know it by heart or not, we know it in our lives. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not because of anything that we've done. So we can't take the credit for it. It's all Jesus. And when you're a part of this church, you know you're here because of Jesus. And we know you're here because of Jesus. That's what you say when you commit to a church. You're saying, I'm one of those broken people, but I know the forgiveness of Christ, and I want to live out that Christ life together in a body together. In fact, I honestly don't understand how someone who really knows love and forgiveness would not want to be completely connected to a local church, to a group of people who get it. And so that's what I'm saying now. Now some people could disagree with me on that. I know people that don't want to be a part of a local church, but I'm one of those people that says, you know what? We need to find a local church to land to say, this is our church. And not it's this church when we feel this way and, and the other church down the street when we feel this way, but this is the church. I mean, I'm not saying you can't ever go visit another church, but either Fresno Church is your church, or it's not. and It's not some other, ch- or some other church. All right, so now, Jesus is, is the big story in all of this, but there's a little more to it. There is a little more. This is sort of like the bonus extras. Not only we're you just a part of one body that makes up this, this, this bride of Christ, this, this group that works together, but we're a part of each other. And this is where it gets messy sometimes in church. But the last part of verse 5 says we are individually members of one another. That means we're connected. We're part of the same organism. We're interconnected and a part of each other. What happens when, what happens to one part of the body? Happens to the rest of it. Have any of you ever had just, just a fever in your head and that's all it felt like was your head? The rest of your body felt fine, but just your fever? No, of course not. When one part of the body hurts, it all hurts. Okay, if you touch something hot, do you just pull your finger back or does your whole body jump back? It whole does. When you taste your favorite food, does your mouth just enjoy it or does your whole body enjoy it? Think about it. Of course, it's your whole body. Or this one we've all had at a certain point. Okay, it's nighttime. You decide you want to get get up a drink a water. And as we all know, through some mystical thing that we don't understand, furniture moves around at night don't know how it does, and that, that coffee table or couch that they thought was over there is now one foot closer this way, and it reaches out, and it catches that little toe, and it gets bent backwards right there, and when you do that, do you sit there and go, well, that's just sorry, sad for you, isn't it? Well, you know, deal with it, okay, and just walk on, no, I know exactly what happens. You're like, ah, the whole thing. You're making noises, you're yelling, you're jumping up and down, your, your hand wants to go touch it, and then it can't, and you're trying to balance here and do all that. I know I'm looking silly here right now, but we've all been there, right? Because when that little part hurts, all of us hurt with it. All of us react. And that's a part of being a part of the church, that when one of us hurts, all of us hurts. When one of us is happy, all of us is happy. When one of us has a need, The others are getting ready to respond to that need. That's part of what we're doing here in the church. In fact, the Bible is full of those things about how we relate to each other. In fact, you've heard heard of the one another's. I found 52 positive, different one another commandments in the New Testament about loving each other and accepting each other and encouraging each other and helping each other. That's not duplicates either. That's 52 uniquely different things that says we need to do to each other. That's a different one from every week. We could publish those, and you can practice that about loving each other, accepting each other, helping each other, whatever. Because, you see, the model that Jesus gave us for a church of the body is accurate. He didn't say it's a country club or, 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 a, or, or, a, or, a, or a spiritual gym. Okay? Now, in some ways, we are like a spiritual gym. We're helping each other get stronger spiritually. But think about it. When you go to the gym, do you often go, do you go work out with other people? Man, listen, even when I've gone with family members to the gym, I go this way, they go that way, we don't see each other till the end. And I get on a treadmill or an uphill or something like that, I don't want to see them, I don't want them seeing how quickly I tire out on that stuff, okay, or how little weight I'm lifting, whatever. We go to the gym and we do it all by ourselves. And then we come, that's not what church is about. Or, as some of us, how many of you have joined a gym and you haven't been in six months? <laughs> all right, some of you actually raised your hand on that, okay? Good, good for you being honest. You know, that's not what church is about. It's not about joining the church and then not showing up. Okay? And that's not critical of any of you watching online. We know if you can be here, we want you to be here. Because we do life together as a church. But it's not like the gym where you pay your dues and then you don't show up. Or you pay your dues and you just operate isolated. We work together here because we are part of each other. And so we need to make room for each other not just in this building but in our living rooms and at our kitchen tables or the kitchen island that's the place at my house where where everything happens or making room for each other in our hearts as the bible says we need to be together and I know that some of us aren't ready to be in a room full of people yet I understand that but there's more to it than just connecting online when you get to see each other and know how they feel. And I can tell a lot about people just by looking at them and knowing how they've come in. And just those those side conversations we have before and after church lead to other connections during the week. And think about it. For those of you who have children and grandchildren, how would you feel if your grandchildren only visited you over phone or FaceTime and never really showed up to visit? So I want to encourage you again, as soon as you feel safe, if you're online with us, As soon as you feel safe, come back in person. We'll do everything we can to help you feel comfortable here because a body part separated from the rest of the body dies. Any part of your body that you cut off is going to die. And so spiritually, if we're not connected to the rest of the church, we're going to die. When one of us is missing, the rest of us should feel it. When a church is operating properly, if someone slips away, they don't fall off the radar. We notice their absence, and we miss them. You know, um, I've never lost a body part, but I've known people who have, and again, did some research on this, and I understand there's a, really is there is a thing called phantom pain. It is real. I read up on the, at the Cleveland, the well-respected Cleveland Clinic. Phantom pain is real. It happens to about eight out of 10 people who have like a limb amputated, that you start to feel pain in that part of your body that you've you lost a little finger, that you all of a sudden feel like you wanna scratch that little finger and you can't because it's not there. Why is that? Because the, the nerve endings that ran to that little finger are still connected to the brain, all right? So, you know, it, it, just, it, can, it can happen, that phantom pain kind of thing. When people are missing, we feel the pain. And if we don't, it means something's wrong. So I wanna encourage you now, church, if you know someone, in fact, look around at some point, know someone who's missing reach out to them this week, okay? Reach out to them and let them know they were missed because a church is operating properly when people are missed. It's not like, hey, we want to have, it's not that we want to have 200 people here in the the building. Yeah, that would be nice, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about parts of our body. We're not reaching out just to get our numbers up. We're reaching out to members of our body because we care about them and we need to be together and we work together and we help each other. And if you're one of those body parts that's not connected to a church today in our membership meeting, or or later if you want to, we wanna encourage you to say, if God's leading you to be committed to this church, then we want you to be a part of that body, not just in your your presence, but also in your commitment, and that's part of what membership is. And that brings us to our third part, okay? Because we need you here because we all have a part. Part is a big word here, okay? We're part of one body, we're part of each other, we all have a part to, to do and that's at the end of well verse 4 says all the members do not have the same function and verse 6, six says we have gifts that differ and see there are many different ways that God has designed people and each of us have different roles to fill there's some people in our church are their shoulders they're the ones for lifting the heavy load doing the doing the work man they'll put it in they'll get things moved they'll get stuff done There are some who are the hearts they are the they create warmth And they promote expressions of love. Some people are the knees. Those are the prayer warriors. They're just always on their knees for the church. And I know some of those people are. Others are the ears, listening to others and learning about them. Some are the hands that want to just get to work. And I could go on and on and on. It, it, It starts to break down. I don't know that there's anybody in the church that's the pancreas or something like that. But you get the idea. We all have different parts to play, okay? All right. I guess there could be somebody that processes the, the sugar in the church. I don't know what that would be, but I'm saying we all have a part in some way, all right? So we don't need to keep going with that analogy. You get the analogy. You get the idea. And if you read the verses after this of today's text, you'll see where Paul mentions many parts of the body that Jesus assigns to individuals in the church. Now, I don't think it, Paul intention, uh, intended to list all the spiritual gifts and stuff like that. He was just listing the jobs that that normally is done in churches because he'd never seen he'd never been to the church in Rome so he was just mentioning the general stuff there but he did say this to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 12 18 I think this is a great verse that sums up today he says but now God has placed the members each one of them in the body just as he desired and that's what I really want to say to you if this is the church where God has placed you then then admit it and enjoy it and just say hey this is where I'm committed, this is where, this is my church, and I'm going to stand up and admit it to everybody. I was in a church several years ago where a lady did not want to be a part, she was, she was one of the founding attendees of the church, was involved in everything, but she never wanted to become a member. And I asked her one time, why is it you're re- rejecting membership? The church was called Skyline Baptist Chapel, and her answer was, because I don't want to be Baptist. And I said, Really? I said, why is that? I said, well, I grew up. Most of my friends thought you had to be black to be Baptist. Everybody was, and she wasn't black. And I'm like, well, one, that's that's not true. You'd say our church is about 30% black. Our church here is about 15 or 20% black. But um, but I said that's not that's not correct. But what? What? She says, well, I just don't want you to be Baptist. It just seems embarrassing. And I looked at her and I said, I said, Lane, I just got to tell you, you've been here since the church was founded. You have the stench of Baptist all over you right now. All your friends already think you're Baptist. Just go ahead and admit it, all right? So, you know, and we, we don't have that moniker at our church. That is our background, but we just, but that's a dumb reason, I think. I, I, I hope she, there's no way she'd be watching online, isn't it? Like, if you are, I'm so sorry. But, but I'm saying that, that we can find excuses. But if this is your church already, if you're committed here, just jump and say, I'm going to jump in and be a part of it. That I'm going to say, that I'm going to make that public commitment. It's um, you know, quit dating us and and, and, and and let's join into the body together if that if you get what that means, all right? Because we need you all here together. Um we have different systems in the church that you may you have a place to fill. God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desires. Um, you know, the the body has all sorts of different systems. There's the circulatory system, there's the respiratory system. There's the uh, skeletal system, the, uh, the lymph the system, all that kind of stuff. Um, I remember that my, my, my mother-in-law uh, gave my son a, uh, a book on the body systems one time when he was like second grade. And so he was, so we'd look through it. It was the circulatory system, the nervous system, all that stuff in there. Didn't look all the way through it. So one day in church, um, the, um, his Sunday school, we had, I was in a church that had that greeting time Okay, I hate it. I'm glad we don't do it here, okay? Greet each other before and after church, that's when it really matters. But we're standing up and you greet the same seven people you always sitting there. And so when I up, shook his hand, he said, i got to tell you what your son said in Sunday school. I'm like, oh, no. And he said, yeah, he proceeded to tell them about the reproductive system to a bunch of second graders and about how, how, um, how women have all their eggs in them right now, but they only come down the fallopian tube uh, once a month. And I was just saying, like, okay, two things. One, I'll tell him it's fallopian, so he didn't get that wrong again. But second, he didn't tell him how the egg and the other part get together. He to, to, said, no, he didn't said, okay, good. I don't think he knows that part. But, but he learned the, the secular, so my son's given sex education classes in his second grade Sunday school class. Um, but it reminds you, and I tell that story because remember, different systems the body we have a financial system we have a care system we have a leadership system we have a worship system we have all sorts of things like that that we have to do and if god has placed you in this church he's placed you here because this is where he desires you to be and you need to be a part of one of those systems that god's designed you to be that way and different people have different different systems that they can be a part of now what does this mean for us as we get ready to close okay first i'm gonna say this We need to recognize that everyone has a purpose to fulfill here if god has brought you here he's brought you here for a purpose and you've got a purpose to fulfill here how many of you think that god looked down from heaven and looked at fresno church and went oh so and so's here today i didn't didn't, did not see that coming what am i going to do with them i don't know what gabriel michael come here we got to talk about i don't know what why is he here what okay we got a place for no god doesn't do that god's placed you here for a purpose and uh, he's got a purpose for you to fulfill. Second, recognize that each person has different gifting. Okay? We all have different sort of gifts, there're different things that we can do. And then that means we respect we we respect the gifts of others. Some gifts are more visible and have a wider effect, but that doesn't make that person a better a person better than other people. For example, God's gifted me into ministry leadership and I'm able to preach I'm not going to say gifted to preach because I watched the sermons later and I'm like, okay, God's given the opportunity to preach, all right? Um, but it's just an area where God has called me to serve. For some of you, that would that would just that would just make you crazy. you would be so embarrassed to get up here and you'd say, like, I could never do that. Well, I can't work in the nursery. I love kids, but just in small doses, all right? I just... I mean, I will if we ever have to, I've not been, I, don't, I didn't go through the background check, so I really can't right now, but, but I mean, but I would go through the background check, I think I could pass, and, and I don't want to change any diapers anymore. If I had to and I had to work in the nursery, I would, but that's not my giftedness. But some of you would much rather be in the nursery than up here on stage, and that's okay. I can't sing, I just simply can't, I wish I could, but I cannot, it's not pleasant to hear me sing I don't play an instrument, but some of you guys are able to do that. That's your gifting up here. It may not be the only gifting you have, but it's something that you have there, and so we respect each other's gifts. We also rely on each other's gifts, and I do. I rely on our worship time. I rely on our greeters. They're up there. I can't greet every person that comes in, and our greeters do such a great job of that. Okay? It would make me crazy to do like Destiny or Ashley or Mona and, be, and, and run the Keurig all day. All right, but we're so glad you guys do that. And those are just some of the, you don't, guys don't know about the people that are doing counting and the people that are doing budgeting and the people that are doing uh, the, the hospital visits and things like that that you don't see. We're just about the things that you do see. There's all sorts of things behind the stage, behind the scenes that you don't see. So we rely on each other's gifts, and we help each other develop and use their gifts. That, that's not, it's not just you come here for us to use your gift and be benefited from it. We're here to help you develop and refine your gift. To be able to serve and be in the place God has called you to be. I didn't have this in the notes, and it, but I use it every once in a while. I always love the the, the line from Eric uh, Little, who was the, the, the guy from uh, Chariots of Fire, if you haven't seen that. And he's got that very famous line that says, God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. I know it's a bad Scottish accent, but I want to try it anyway. He says... When I run, I feel his pleasure. And I think about that. There is something God's put in each one of you that when you do it, you feel his pleasure. And this church is the place where you learn how to do that. And you learn to enjoy and feel his pleasure even more. And it's our responsibility as a body to help you do that better to be able to experience his pleasure even more. Man, that was good. I don't know why it's always the things I don't put in the notes that I think are the best things out of here. So remember that if you don't remember anything else. Now, really, I'm getting ready to close here, okay? I want to encourage you with this. Don't be embarrassed over your gifts or envy the gifts of another person. God has designed you the way he wants you to be. And what you are good at doing and enjoy may be something that other people would dread, as I mentioned for example, we don't have a, really have a kitchen here at the church, but you don't want me working in the kitchen. I mean, I burn cornflakes. I just do. I mean, I'm, I'm, that, I'm, I'm a terrible cook. Now, I'll serve in the kitchen, but you don't want me cooking. But man, I'm so glad for the people that can do that. I'll work outside my comfort zone, but I work so much better when I'm in my comfort zone, and I will never envy somebody else who works in their comfort zone and does something that I wish I could do. You know, do I wish I could play guitar or sing like, like Hunter or any of the people up here on the, on the stage? Yeah, I do wish I could, but I don't envy it. It's not what God's gifted me for. The very gift that you think is too small or unimportant may be the gift that's just beyond the comprehension to someone else. That you may be doing something, they look at you and go, wow, that's amazing that you do that. And it may seem like a simple thing to you. Even for the most seemingly unimportant task or role in the church, Even the most seemingly unimportant task can make a huge difference, especially when one is completing that task or fulfilling that role using the gifts that God has given her or him. Now, again, what does this mean for us? Here's a few more things. We need everyone to use their gifts to the best of their ability here. We need to help everyone use their gifts in the right place. When we're talking about gifting, you feel like God hasn't gifted you anything? How do we find out what that is? We'll let you try it, okay? So maybe you wind up joining the greeting team or the AV team or, or, or trained to work in the, in, the, in the preschool, and then after a couple of weeks you're like, I hated every moment of this. This was horrible. We go like, well, that's what you committed to. No, we say, hey, all right, that's not your gifting, so let's look for something else. And we help you find that place where you feel God's pleasure. So everyone should use their gifts in the right place. And then everyone should use their gifts to help the church fulfill her mission. Imagine, I want you just to use your imagination for a moment. Imagine what it would be like here at Fresno Church if we were led by people who were gifted for leadership, with classes and small groups taught by people who were gifted teachers, with sermons by gifted communicators, And we had our meetings run by people who were gifted organizers, supported by by elders or deacons or board members who were gifted in service, with worship leaders who were gifted musicians and gifted worshipers themselves. In other words, what would it be like around here if everyone committed themselves to membership at Fresno Church? Who is committed to membership at Fresno Church? Let me rephrase that again, okay? Finally, what would it be like around here if everyone who committed themselves to membership at Fresno Church diligently searched for their gifts and plugged in where those gifts could best honor God, could best honor the, 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 the local body, and best help us move forward into God's perfect future for ourselves. So, I encourage you to seek Your divine design, which is best seen in the body of the local church. And then look for places to use your gifts, which are best expressed in the local church. And as you use them in this church and in the kingdom, God will bless what we do. And God will be glorified. The name of Jesus will be lifted up so that all the people out there who are not yet a part of the universal church can know that forgiveness was offered them on the cross. And that's the one last thing I want to say to you. As we, we really are, see, I closed my Bible. That means I'm almost at the end here. If you're in this room and you're not a part of that universal church, you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, you've heard the story about Jesus, you know a little bit about it, but you've never said to Him, Father, I realize I'm a sinner, I realize I've messed up. And I recognize that Jesus, I understand now, Jesus paid the penalty for my sin on the cross. And I want to accept that forgiveness right now. I want to take my old, busted up, broken life and I want to trade it for Jesus' perfect life. And I want to then live for you in a local body of believers, serving you, bringing you glory and becoming the man or woman you've called me to be. If you've not done that, one of the things I want to encourage you is right after the service, Hunter and I will be in the back. We'll have other leaders there available too. And I want to encourage you not to leave this room today until you have settled it with God, that He, that Jesus is your Savior, Jesus forgave your sins, and he's now becoming Lord of your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all the great things that you were doing at our church. Father.